You cannot heal in the same environment that made you sick. Unknown. Hello and welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm Isabel Palacios and I specifically created and designed this podcast to empower, inspire, and help you cultivate a powerful mindset to build your best life and live out your dreams. May you always remember your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. So get your coffee, smoothie, or wine ready and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Taking Back Your Power. I'm so very grateful to all of you who have decided to tune in and are joining me. And you are joining me here today. Whatever you are doing today, whatever you're doing right now, I'm happy to accompany you. And I just want to say that you need to get comfortable because this is going to be a very long episode, probably very rambly. And I'm grateful that a lot of you guys do like my more rambly content. But today I'm answering your questions. I asked you on Instagram, and if you guys don't follow Taking Back Your Power on Instagram, please do so. On the latest pic that I posted, I asked you guys to please send me your most pertinent questions and anything that you would like me to answer, anything you'd like to know. So I am so grateful that a lot of you submitted questions and I'm going to be answering each and every one if time allows. You guys know I do tend to talk a lot, but before we jump into the episode, I just want to give a special thanks to those of you who have supported the podcast, who have donated money towards the podcast through Anchor. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe I found out that I have two supporters. One of them is named Crystal Praydu and the other one anchor did not show the name. So I'm not sure who you are, but if you are listening, I just want to tell you, thank you so much to those of you who have set money. You guys know I don't ask for monetary compensation for my videos, for this podcast. I do it all for free because I, well, of course I get AdSense from YouTube and things like that, but I've never felt comfortable asking for you guys to support my content, to send money for my content. I mean, just getting positive message and comments and people telling me that they like my content is enough compensation for me. That's honestly the most important thing to me, but for people to actually take money out of their own pockets and give it to me. It's truly a huge honor and I'm feeling so blessed for that. So thank you so much to those of you who donated. And if you haven't donated, please don't feel pressure to do so. I understand that, you know, you want to show appreciation and things like that. But at the same time, please know that I do this for you. I do this so people will be inspired and realize their true power. And if I can help people in any way, that's honestly my goal. So thank you so much to those of you who did take the time to donate to me. Understand that every cent does count and I truly appreciate it. It helps helps to keep things running smoothly. And as long as I can keep my content free, I will continue to do so. So thank you so much. I just want to give you so much gratitude and so much love and so many positive vibes because you have no idea how much this means to me, really, truly. There were times in my life where I would see a GoFundMe or something like that. And I didn't even have $5 to give towards the cause. So I know how hard it is to get money. And I know that a lot of you do struggle with that and understand that I am so very grateful if you took the time, Crystal, and to the other person who donated, even just a dollar shows an immense amount of support and appreciation for what I do. And I always believe that if you have something, you create something and you put time and effort and investment into doing something, you should receive something in return. And for me, all of your love and support has been sufficient. But the fact that somebody actually donated money, I mean, it's just blowing my mind. 
<laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. And let's get on with the episode. Enough of my rambling. <laughs> I love you guys. Just know that. So let's get on to the first question. I'm going to go over to Instagram and see what we've got to work with. First question is any ideas for hobbies? For me, a hobby is something that resonates with me creatively. So whatever creative outlet you can find for yourself, even if you're not good at it, even if you're a beginner, you're a novice, you don't know anything about it, just starting with something that has given you interest, something that has interested you for a long time that you've never really delved into. That could be painting, that could be starting a YouTube channel, that could be volunteering, that could be a hobby for some people. And it can come in just many different ways. You just have to find what resonates with you. Like for me, my YouTube channel for many years was just a hobby for me. And because I loved it so much and it was a huge hobby for me, something that I actually enjoyed doing, I didn't do it for subscribers, I didn't do it for money. It was something I genuinely enjoyed doing and grew into a business, which happened to a lot of YouTubers. But I think it's very important that you just stay true to you. Don't be afraid to try new things. I always think art is a beautiful hobby, something that you can create and see kind of your progression. And it could even be sport, maybe swimming, playing volleyball, soccer. Those are many different ways. And those are healthy hobbies, you know, it could also be collecting items, maybe collecting crystals. But I always think that hobbies should do two things. They should be fun and they should be fulfilling. So just find something that is fun and fulfilling. Doesn't have to be too out there. Doesn't have to be too complicated. Just something simple that helps keep your mind off of things, is enjoyable for you. You have fun through the process and just try new things. See what works for you. There are so many different hobbies and so many different pastimes out there. And I think that really relaxing and doing something that you love, even if it's you know not work-related, you don't always have to do things that are work or self-improvement related, but just something that you genuinely enjoy doing. Maybe it's a hobby that you stopped doing years ago. Maybe you could get back into that. It really just depends on the person. So have fun with it. Next question. Someone I care about deeply gets sick a lot. Can I use the law of attraction to make them healthier? Always love your videos and podcasts and of course your beautiful soul. Thanks. Well, thank you. I love you too. Well, the way I see it is when somebody is hurt or somebody is ill, the best thing that you can do for them is to offer them love, support, be there with them as much as you can. And when you're with them, imagine that you're sending healing energy from your hands, from your mind, just from your body. If you touch their hand or you touch their shoulder or you caress them or whatever, imagine that there is healing energy coming from your hands into them. I truly believe, and I know that this could be something controversial for some of you, but I do believe that the mind can heal the body. So for people who are ill, it's important that if they can't support themselves or their mind is not as sharp or as strong in order to heal itself, that you offer that love and support to them, that you are strong for them, that you are the health that they need. Because love, love, you guys, is a very, very powerful emotion. And while we all will probably get sick at one point and we will die because we are mere mortals, we want that our time on earth be as painless and as good as possible. 
So when we see a loved one sick, and this past year, my dad got sick, and this is something that I didn't talk about for a long time because, you know, for out of privacy for my family, and it was just a really tough time for me, and I couldn't even talk about it without tearing up. He's doing much better now, but the important thing was I tried to be strong for him, and I tried to remind him all the time when he was in the hospital that we needed him and he needed to be strong and that I was going to be strong for him. And I kept talking to him positively and telling him, you're going to get better. You're strong. Nothing's wrong with you. You know, he had a stroke and it affected his speech. It affected his movement a lot. And But luckily now it's been a few months, so he has recuperated a lot. He speaks pretty much normally now. He's able to walk pretty much normally now. He goes to work every day. He's really tough and he's really strong. But being with him in the hospital and seeing him in the hospital bed, it really affected me because he was always such a strong and positive man. And to see him in the state that he was in, it was very traumatic for me. And just thinking about it now, I'm tearing up, you guys. But I'm so grateful that he has recuperated almost 100%, that he's doing much better and his blood pressure has been alleviated and he's gotten the help that he's needed because he had issues with blood pressure and anxiety and stress. So I am just so grateful that he's doing so much better now. But in those times in the hospital when he was still healing, I imagined myself as a healing light, as a healing power that... God was working through me and that with my prayers and my positive intentions and just trying to have a more positive outlook, I was able to somehow, in any way, somehow affect his healing. But I know for a fact that having a positive morale, that being love and being loving and caring and giving them words of encouragement that they're going to get better, that things are going to get better, even when the prognosis isn't positive, just being positive for them can help them immensely. And even fighting whatever ailment that they have, even fighting whatever disease or accident they've been through, just having that positive outlook, you guys, it's incredible. And you don't know how many medical mysteries there have been of people miraculously healing or waking up from a coma. There are just so many ways. And I think that As long as there's love and the will to live within a person, I truly believe that they can be healed. Now, I know that some of you might be being like, Isabel, what if somebody's terminally ill? I'm just saying, don't underestimate the power of love and God in the universe because it's truly real and it's powerful. And even though we're all going to die someday, that does not mean that our time on earth has to be about suffering. So I hope that answers your question. This next one is a question that I get a lot and She asked, what's the best way to redirect your thoughts to keep your vibe high? Lately, I've been so hyper with anxious thoughts that's been blocking me manifesting the things that I want. So I actually made a video about this and it went up on my channel last night. So please be sure to visit my channel if you'd like me to go more in depth into this. But I believe that we could all be effortlessly manifestors as long as our subconscious is in the right place. So I think that it's important that you don't worry so much about keeping your vibe high all the time because vibes vary from different people and from person to person. So what could be a high vibe for somebody, so being super energetic, talking with other people, being around other people, that can raise somebody's vibration. But you could be a person that thrives and has a high vibration from being relaxed at home with a good book by yourself. And 
you really have to find what works for you. What is a sustainable way for you to keep high vibrations? Now, at the same time, I want you to understand that you shouldn't stress yourself out if you feel that you are in a low vibe sometimes or that you can't sustain this because you're only human. You're going to have different emotions throughout the day and Even if if you're a person who deals with anxiety, you are going to have more difficulty doing this. But don't stress yourself out if you can't be high vibe all the time, because for some people, it's just not sustainable. What I would recommend is that you instead start working on your subconscious limiting beliefs, because those are blocking you more than your conscious thoughts and feelings. If you have subconscious limiting beliefs, which I have I think a podcast episode on it. I have some videos on it also on my channel, like the new one I just put up. It's important to work on rewiring or rewriting your subconscious story, the things that you have been told for a long time. Now, for those of you who are confused or maybe have never heard of subconscious limiting beliefs or don't know if you have any or what you have, my definition for subconscious limiting beliefs are the negative thoughts, feelings, and ideas that were instilled in us by influential people in our lives. So parents, teachers, your partners or exes or your friends or experiences that keep us from going after goals, limit us or keep us in fear. And in the video, I did talk about an example, which is let's say there's a student in school and they're working really hard. Maybe they're like a little kid in elementary school or even in middle school or high school, and a teacher comes and tells them, you're never going to amount to anything. Your grades are terrible. You're probably going to just work in fast food for the rest of your life. That child, even though they probably don't remember this specific instance, they're taking this message from somebody of authority, somebody that they look up to, their teacher. And this teacher is telling them, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to amount to anything. That child will most likely internalize that, take that in, take it in as a fact and begin to believe it. Just because somebody told them in a place of authority and because in their young age, their mind was so malleable that they took it as the truth when we know it's not the truth. Our mind can dictate a lot of what we are attracting in our life, but more so our subconscious mind and our limiting beliefs can block us because we can have limiting beliefs about anything, about money, about love, about relationships, about life in general, because our parents or somebody whose opinion we valued a lot or who we saw as like a hero to us or a role model told us something about ourselves or about life and we just took it in. And a lot of us aren't aware of these limiting beliefs, but the best way to bring about your limiting beliefs, to figure out what your limiting beliefs are is by meditation, by just looking at your life and any patterns of your past. What kind of people were you dating? What is your just general outlook or your belief on a certain topic like money, love, success, happiness, whatever, and start thinking of all those things, writing them down, journaling, and that's how you figure out your limiting beliefs. Now, I highly recommend that you do this kind of soul searching. Now, this is going to take time, a lot of self-awareness, just looking back in your past. And I know there's lots of icky things in our past that we don't want to live again. So be weary of that. But Just looking back and being introspective will help you realize what are the things that keep coming up in my life? What do I feel is blocking me? Am I not able to attract love or abundance or happiness because deep down I believe that I'm not 
worthy of these things because my mom told me or a pastor told me or this or this person told me I wasn't worthy of this or I couldn't have this because it's bad or it's wrong. You got to start doing those things. And I know for different people that will be different, but if you are feeling a little lost or you don't know where to begin, please visit my YouTube channel. I have a whole video on your subconscious limiting beliefs. I think that would be a good place to start, but also being aware that you don't have to have high vibes all the time, guys. Manifesting effortlessly is something that I have realized I have the power to do because even though my life might not be perfect and I get anxiety or I get stressed out just like any other person, my subconscious is aligned. My subconscious is doing pretty well. So thankfully, you know, because I put in a lot of work to rewrite my story. I put in a lot of work to rewrite my limiting beliefs and create positive beliefs instead. And believing that the universe is rigged in my favor was a huge huge step in realizing a lot of goals in my dreams and manifesting wonderful things into my life. So I just want you guys to know that you shouldn't think that you should be all all happy and all like, you know, carefree all the time and high vibe and over the top. No, it's just find what works for you. Find the things that relax you, make you feel relief, just make you feel content and calm. And living in the present moment is probably the best way to keep a good high vibration. But don't get too stressed out because if you get stressed out over having your vibe too low or not having a high vibe enough, you're going to in turn start to create problems in your life that you really don't want. So don't stress out about it. I believe the law of attraction is something very simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Just do what feels good to you, what makes you feel relaxed or what makes you feel happy. Laughter is also a great way to have high vibes. So don't stress yourself out about it. Remember that you're only human and you're going to feel a million things throughout your life. And always know that love is the highest vibration to be in and so is gratitude. So as long as you're grateful and that you're showing love to others and to yourself, that you are on your way to manifesting beautiful things. But check out your subconscious first. That could be a great place to start. This is a good question. What can we start doing to become financially literate and learn about multiple streams of income? Example, books. So I really love anything by Gary V, which is spelled Gary V-E-E. He has a YouTube channel and he has about three or four or more books out about business. Now he has taught me so much about online businesses, online marketing, and also somebody else that I have learned a lot from is Stephen James. He has a bunch of courses on how to make money on Amazon and just how to create multiple streams of income. But I Honestly, Gary Vee is a great place to start for business and creating businesses, creating a business out of all the things that you have right now. He's a really straightforward, very simple guy. He is basically in your face about things. He's super honest and he has taught me a lot about myself and about harnessing your powers and harnessing your strengths and your talents and what you have now, not wishing for more, but doing the best with what you have right now with your talents, with your intelligence, and being grateful for everything you have and all the opportunities and all the struggles. I think financial literacy and starting a business 
comes a lot from mindset, from having the right mindset. And then from there, you can start figuring out the semantics of being financially free and literate. I also recommend that you find books on investments, whether that is in real estate or in the stock market. I could do just a whole episode on these things, but try out Gary Vee, see what he has to offer. He has a ton of amazing free content online on his YouTube channel. I learned so much just from his YouTube channel alone, but it's really about figuring out what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and then going into just a bookstore and looking for books on investments. I think taking classes are also very important. If you're in university, try taking a class on investments or a class on economics or finance, things like that, or even just a personal finance course online could help you a ton or hiring someone, a coach, a financial coach could also be a good option for you. So really just search around and try things that will resonate with you that are within your budget that will help you with what you have right now that don't require that you invest a ton of time and money into. Of course, anything that is worthwhile, you need to invest in. Of course, always invest in yourself, always invest in your future, but also don't feel compelled to pay a ton of money for a course. There's ton of free content online that will help you, but check out Stefan James too, because he has really inexpensive courses online about creating an Amazon business. And I think his girlfriend has a very successful Amazon business as well. And she has, he has a video with her and it's super inspiring stuff. So just do your research guys. I'm probably going to make more content in a video soon about it. I think finance is such an important thing to talk about. And it's like super taboo to talk about how to make money and people think you're greedy and all this stuff. But honestly, once I let go of that limiting belief that money and business and wanting to make money and wanting to create a business and wanting to have a good financial life is not greedy. It's not bad. It's actually really good for you. And you can help so many other people when you are well off financially and you can do so much more when you're well off financially. So don't worry, I'm going to make more content on it, but check out those two guys. Stefan James is spelled S-T-E-F-A-N, James and Gary V on YouTube. This question is a little longer and it's kind of what somebody asked previously, but this person says, during my day, I feel about 80% positive and high vibes and so, so grateful for my life, but I still have discouraging thoughts and for a few minutes end up in this hole of self-pity and just feel so bad and feel like I'm never going to reach my goals. I do try to get myself out of that mindset, but I feel like that little bit in me that still doesn't trust in the process is preventing me from receiving my manifestations. Any tips on how I can allow myself to trust in myself and in the process during those few moments in my days when I feel discouraged? My advice to you is to not beat yourself up. If you are 80% of the time, which is more than the majority of the time, doing well and doing your best, that is what counts. For those moments where you feel down, I want you to close your eyes and say, I am exactly who, what, and where I need to be in this exact moment. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And you need to trust that this moment in your life, even if it's not 100% perfect, which we need to get out of our minds, that our life needs to be 100% perfect, that everything has to be aligned, that we have to have the dream house and the dream car, the dream relationship, the dream family, the dream body. We have to have everything in order to be happy. And that's completely false, guys, because imagine if your life was just perfect all the time, there would be no growth. There would be no excitement. And that is the essence of life is always working towards being better and always appreciating the moments that are good and happy and 
appreciating the moment you're in right now and being grateful that you're alive because in and of itself, that is a miracle. When you start to feel low, I just want you to bring everything into perspective. You have everything you need right now within you to be successful, to be happy. But when you start looking at everything you're lacking, of course you're going to get down. Of course you're going to feel like you're not good enough. Of course you're going to feel worthless or that your life isn't worth living because you're focusing on the wrong things. Instead, trust in your journey. Be appreciative of your journey, that you're in the middle. Because once you get to where you're trying to be, you have to keep going up and up and up. Like people who become super successful, they're always trying to get more and more and more. It's not like you get success and then you can just sit there. No, you're always striving for more and more and more to get to the next level. And for different people, different levels exist. We're not all on the same plane. We're all in different places in our life. So don't look around and compare yourself because that's probably something that you're dealing with too. Comparing yourself, your journey right now with someone else's highlight reel or somebody else's success, which is never a healthy thing to do. Anyone is going to feel bad about their lives if they're constantly comparing themselves to other people. What you need to focus on is instead being better than your past self and seeing how far you've come and understanding that you're not going to be perfect hundred percent all the time. Your feelings are going to change. That's part of being human. It's part of being human to go through things. That's just the essence of who we are. What's important is being grateful for the journey, trusting in the process that you're going through, trusting that you're in the right place right now where you're supposed to be in that thought. I've always heard that quote is trust the process, be grateful for where you are right now. You're exactly where you need to be right now. I used to hear that a lot and it never really resonated with me. It wasn't until I actually started to practice it into my own life and I actually started to shift my perspective and think, hmm, maybe I am meant to be right now. I'm not supposed to be way ahead or where anyone else is or where I'm idealizing where I should be. I'm actually right in the right place right now. And thinking that you have to have all of this by a certain age or that you need to live your life before you turn 30 or 40 or all these different crazy milestones and social constructs that we're adhering to, those things are only going to make you feel like you have to be somewhere else or you have to be where everyone else is or you have to do what everyone else is doing and not appreciating and living your life in the moment where you are right now. Just sitting and being and being grateful for all you have right now because one day you're probably not going to have it. One day you're probably not going to have your friends or your family or the home you're in right now. Maybe you'll have something better or maybe you can lose it. So you need to think, what would happen if I lost everything that I have right now? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you woke up, like the quote says, you woke up tomorrow with all the things that you thanked God for? or you were grateful for, what would you have tomorrow morning if you only had the things that you were grateful for? You need to think about that and understand that life is never going to be perfect, that it's all about ups and downs. So if you're going through a difficult time right now, trust that this is only making you stronger and making you better. And it has as much importance in your journey as the positive, happy, wonderful, successful stuff. Negativity is just as necessary to our growth and our happiness as is the positivity. Don't ever doubt that. 
This is also a really good question. Where is the point in which we should allow ourselves to feel negative emotions like grief to let it out of our system and changing our mood to positive and high vibed? So I believe that once you feel that you are certainly over something that has caused you pain or grief, then you can start focusing on creating more positive, high vibe and having a more positive intention and outlook on your life. But it's really important that you don't go along with anyone else's guidelines. Take as long as you need to grieve and make sure that you're not getting to the place where you're grieving so much or you have been in grief for a long time where you're just in a self-pity hole because self-pity is really low vibrational. That is probably more low vibrational than being just sad or being depressed or going through something or losing someone. And it's really important that you get to the point where you're self-aware and you realize, am I just allowing myself to be in grief because it feels comfortable to me because I've been in it for so long and I don't feel that I deserve to be happy or that I should be happy or I'm afraid of living my life? Those are the questions you need to ask. I think that if you get to the point where your grief or this grieving period is stopping you from living your life and doing the things that you love and stopping you from just experiencing your life and you're living in the past because of it, you're not able to enjoy the present then maybe you need to take a step back and push yourself to getting through that. Because like I said, don't build a house in your grief. Don't build your house in the middle of something difficult you're going through. You need to allow yourself to feel those feelings. Don't suppress them by any means. But once you feel that you are making strides towards healing or you feel an urge to live your life, if you're tired of being in a rut or in your grief or depressed, then take that as a message from yourself and your body and your spirit that you need to start pushing and getting out of the woods instead of building a house there. And this is a great segue to this next question. How do I get motivated to change my life for the better? How do I get out of the rut? You need to get back into your goals and your dreams. If you don't have any, set some. Set some small goals. They can be short-term goals or long-term goals. And then start creating a plan to get there or writing down the actions you can take to making this goal a reality for you and taking those small steps. Even if you don't feel motivated at the time, pushing yourself, being disciplined is a good way to start creating progress in your life. And when you start seeing progress is when you will get the motivation to do even more, to keep going, to keep pushing, to finding new avenues, to making your dreams and your goals a reality. But what's very important is just pushing yourself to just start start something. Starting there is a very, very, very big step in finding motivation and going after goals and going after dreams and just enjoying life and showing up for yourself when you don't feel like it or you're not a hundred percent is a huge part of success. Showing up for yourself. You don't have to be perfect. Not everything in life has to be perfect in order for you to go for your goals and dreams. So just start by setting some, if you already have goals and dreams, start seeing how you can start making them a reality. Implementing a good plan or taking action towards those things is very important. And when in a rut, it's very important also to change up your routine, start something new and fresh, change up even just a small routine in the morning. Maybe adding a workout in every morning is a great way, which guys, I stopped working out for a few months last year, probably towards the end when all the bad stuff started happening in my life. I didn't have the motivation or the drive to work out. And for the new year, one of my resolutions, of course, one of my goals, one of my intentions was to live a more happy, healthy, active life. 
And even on the days where I didn't feel like going to the gym or doing stuff, I pushed myself to go. I realized this is where I want to be in my health and fitness, and this is what it's going to take for me to get there. And I'm going to do it because I owe it to myself. I want to prove to myself that I am worthy of being committed to, that my body is worthy of commitment from myself, and it is worthy of love and appreciation. And the best way to love and appreciate yourself and your body is to go to the gym, work on it, make sure it's getting stronger and healthier, not punishing yourself, not punishing yourself for not being perfect, but just making those strides and putting in that energy to be your best self. So just change something up, even something as simple as waking up earlier, going to sleep early, It's a great way to kind of shift your mind, do a reset on your mind, and also taking time for yourself, being selfish with your time, with the things that you're doing. Don't think that life is all about work and work and work and improving. Also just take time to just be and just chill. That's also a great way to kind of reset your life. Maybe take a vacation, disappear, book a flight. (laughs) Those have always been incredibly therapeutic to me when I have been in a rut, especially creative rut. Just take a little trip somewhere for a weekend, see how much better you'll feel, or even just go get a massage, see how much better you'll feel. Next question. I would love your thoughts on this. When it comes to love and relationships, some say if you sit there and don't put yourself out there, online dating, going out, etc., you will never meet someone and they won't come knocking on your door. Where others say if you are out looking for something, For example, in lack, something you won't find. It's so confusing when trying to learn how to manifest. Thank you. So what I believe is, yes, you can go out on dates. I truly believe that with the law of attraction, and people don't really talk about this enough, but a huge part of the law of attraction is putting the intention out there, putting the desire out there, putting out the vibration to the universe of your desire, but also doing things that will back up that desire. Now, when I say don't be desperate, don't be in lack of something, it's not because I don't want you to go after it. It's because I want you to not feel like you are not fulfilled because you don't have something or someone in your life because you are whole and complete on your own. It's when people start feeling like they need someone or they need to find someone right now. They need their soulmate right now that they start becoming in lack of it. Instead of feeling whole and complete on your own and being love and giving love outwardly and opening their heart, which will cause you to go out and date. I honestly, believe that if you want love in your life, you should feel first whole and complete on your own. Don't think there's anything wrong with you or that you're in lack of something because you're single. That is number one. Just because you're single does not mean that you're in search of somebody else and that you need someone else. Because then if you're desperate to fill some kind of void in your life, you're just going to fall for anyone or accept anything from anyone that you can get your hands on. You're going to be desperate and putting out the vibration of desperation is going to attract bad people into your life because there are people who are narcissists, who are manipulative, who are feeding off the energy of somebody who has low self-esteem and you are easier to manipulate if you are thirsting for love. But if you're a person who is complete on their own, which might look different for different people, for me, it might look different for you, it might look different, but for me, When I think of being whole and complete on my own, I'm not necessarily searching for someone else to make me happy. If I feel sad, I'm not going to go look for it in the arms of another person. I will go inside of myself and realize that I have everything I need right now to be happy and 
that is completely unrelated to whether I'm in a relationship or not. It's just being happy with myself, content with who I am, loving myself for who I am, sending out that vibration that I am worthy of love and respect because I am loving and respecting myself first. Don't feel bad about going out and dating. That's not about being in lack. If you're going out and dating, it's because you are opening your heart. You're opening your heart to meeting new people and not just going on dates because you want to find a partner, but also to meet people, just to meet somebody. Maybe you can make a friend out of a date gone wrong. You never know. I think it's more important than just figuring out, should I stay home and be a hermit or should I go out and be a social butterfly? Instead of trying to figure that out, instead try to figure out how can I best spread love to others and open my heart up to love? And understand that when you open up your heart, you are opening up yourself to being vulnerable. So understand that when you are ready for love, you're ready to be kicked in the, you know, where. (laughs) That love can also be very difficult. And in that search for love, you can come into difficulties. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. So being accepting of that is also a huge step in manifesting love. Just don't have an attachment to the end result. Enjoy the journey for where it is. Enjoy being single and live your life how it is right now. Go out and travel, go out and do things, go out and experience life, meet new people. That's the best way. Just going out and enjoying life for what it is instead of searching for someone to give you meaning is a great mindset to be in. I think that's the number one thing. Stop searching for it and allow it to come to you. If you're a magnet for love and happiness and beauty and all these wonderful things that being in a relationship are, it'll just come to you. Just live your life. Stop getting on online dating apps like Tinder. I've never been on Tinder. I'm probably never going to be on Tinder ever because I just don't agree with it. Not because there's anything wrong, but I just don't want that energy into my life. I don't want anyone else's energy, especially if they're not in the same place as me or in the same mindset as me. I don't want their energy in my life. And I feel like on these dating apps, you're just finding people who just want easy hookups and it's not for a lasting relationship. So allow it to come organically to you. Open your heart up to love. Believe that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of respect. Give it to yourself first. Treat yourself as you would like your ideal partner to treat you. That is number one. And yes, staying in your house all the time probably won't bring you your mate, but you never know. You absolutely never know. They could come knocking on your door trying to sell you something and could be the love of your life. The universe works that way. Don't get too caught up in the process and just believe that the person for you is out there and that two people meant to be together will be together no matter what. And this person asked basically the same thing. How do I stop wishing for a relationship slash searching for love? It's constantly in my subconscious. I can't help it. I like being alone, but I also want to find the one. If you know it's in your subconscious, start rewriting it. Start telling yourself, I am whole and complete on my own. And the person for me will come to me at the right time. I don't need to search for it. I don't need to be desperate for it. I don't need to think that I need somebody to complete me. If a person is meant to be with me for the rest of my life, they will come into my life at the right time. I trust in God. I trust in the universe to bring that to me at the right time. Trust me, guys, there is no race to finding the one. Some people find them very young. Some people find them in a later stage in their life. It's okay. Just live your life, guys. Live your life in love 
love, live your life in positivity and gratitude, travel, be with friends, be around your loved ones, spread love freely, help other people. That is a great way to manifest bringing good people into our life, good positive friends and experiences, and also a soulmate. Be true to yourself. I think that's most important. Be true to who you are. Don't try to fit into anyone else's molds. Be unapologetically yourself and love yourself. Flaws and weaknesses and all. Next question. Hello, Isabel. First of all, thank you for all the content you post on your social networks and for being who you are with us. I really appreciate your work. Thank you so much. I'm going to start my YouTube career, but I'm very shy and often read with social anxiety. I meditate. I try to have my mental health always stable, but sometimes anxiety manages to dominate me. What do you advise me to do? And what is the best way to start a career on YouTube? Thanks so much. Sending lots of love and good energy for Portugal. Well, first of all, with YouTube, don't go into it trying to make a career because it's going to be a while until you get your rewards for it. It's going to be a while before you start seeing monetary compensation before you start seeing your subscribers grow and comments and things like that. Guys, understand it took me like seven years since I first uploaded my first video until I started making money off of YouTube. I never really wanted to make money off of YouTube. That was never my goal. I just loved to do it. And then I started seeing other people being successful. And then I was like, wait, I could do so much more with it. And that pushed me into creating more and being more active on YouTube and essentially making it a part of my full-time career, if you want to say that. But I think it's important to create content that you feel is going to be of value to people and create content that is true to you. Don't try to copy anyone else's. And to get over your anxiety, I suggest you just do it. Just record your first video. Don't necessarily ask anyone else for their opinions. Put your first video out see how people resonate with it, see if people comment on it. And one thing that has really helped me keep me on track with my YouTube channel and growing it is listening to my audience, to my viewers. And I get a lot of inspiration from my audience, my viewers, probably 90% of my inspiration is in seeing you guys' questions and seeing what you guys are going through and trying to find a solution or trying to find a way to help you and guide you through that. Even if I'm not 100% feeling great, even if my energy is not great, my motivation and my drive comes from helping others in any way I can. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to make money off of YouTube or for your work, but I think it's important to have fun first. Make sure you're having fun. Don't force yourself to do something that you don't want to do if you're not feeling good. What really helped me in creating the abundance that I was able to create in YouTube, even though I'm not like at a million subscribers or anything, I think what has helped me grow my channel is having fun with it and realizing that I'm adding value to others and giving out all the value that I wish to receive. I think that's most important and stop overthinking it so much. Just having fun with it. Look at it as a hobby at first. Look at it as something not as work or as a career, but something fun and rewarding to you and also rewarding to other people. And understand that I was super, 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 super shy when I first started my channel. But for some reason, I felt like a lack of pressure when I turned on the camera and I talked because nobody knew me and there weren't people who knew me from real life. I've talked about this a ton of times. I started YouTube because it was a creative outlet for me. I felt like no one was judging me and I could just be myself. And that felt so much fun. And I've always been a person who I always like to do speeches. I was in debate and theater, all this stuff. I've never really minded public speaking. I thrived in it, even though in my 
real day-to-day life, I was so, 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 so shy. So I pushed myself really into getting in front of the camera. And it's really comforting because you're not in front of a sea of people. You're just in front of a camera. So talk to the camera as a friend, as somebody that's asking you for advice or is just hanging out with you. That really helped me too in getting over the shyness and not necessarily allowing my anxieties or my limiting beliefs to get in the way, but just doing it. Take that first step, film that first video, upload it. Even if it bombs, learn from your mistakes, learn from how you can improve and don't let anxiety ever stop you. Accept that anxiety will come and it will go, but it shouldn't stop you from getting to where you want to be. Remember, you don't have to be 100% perfect to start a channel. You don't have to be 100% everything to film and to record. Take that pressure off of yourself. There are days when I don't feel great and I have anxiety, but I still push myself to put out content because I feel like it's going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody way more than if I just stayed in bed scared because of my anxiety. I push myself because I believe that in that action, I will start to feel better and my anxiety will alleviate. Next question is how to feel inspired again. Again, I will say that it's all about action. Even when you're not feeling it in the moment, pushing yourself to do things that you used to find enjoyment in and maybe you don't now is a great way to start getting your inspiration back just through action. Even if you're not 100% there mentally, take action and do things that you love. Do things and be with people that you love. I think that's a great way. And a great way for me to get inspired is really through travel, through reading. Books inspire me so much. Learning from other people, even just through YouTube or maybe through a book. I love hearing other people's success stories and seeing how they got through tough times in their life and were able to create success out of it. That inspires me like no other. So maybe just hanging out with inspirational people or people who are positive people who are going for something in their life, go-getters, surround yourself with those go-getters, with those people who are on a mission. You don't even understand how much another person can give you that spark that you needed or that you were lacking in your life. I have another question. Sorry, it's okay. You can ask multiple questions. She asked, what are your favorite products like cleaning, moisturizing, and makeup? I have rosacea, very sensitive skin and inflamed pores. I have tried to go to many dermatologists and none of them work. They are always advised to take some medicine. Do you know a product or something that can maybe help me? Thank you, my love. Well, what I would recommend is that you try different skincare routines. What has been helping me a lot recently is BioClarity. It has helped a lot with my hyperpigmentation from having acne scars and things like that and having pimples. Right now my skin is super broken out because my time of the month. But what I would recommend is drinking a lot of water. I find that when my skin is dehydrated, it tends to get really, really sensitive. It starts peeling, gets really dry. I have mostly dry skin and it can be sensitive in some areas. I don't suffer from rosacea, but I would recommend that you use rose water. In my experience, just spritzing rose water a few times throughout the day has helped calm down my skin, especially when I get a ton of redness because I get redness like in my nose area, in my chin area a ton. But when I do that, it soothes my skin a lot. Also doing hydrating masks, finding masks that work for you. But I think skincare, yes, a dermatologist, a medical expert can help you and give you medication, which if you're like me, you probably don't like taking medication. 
But I think it's important just trying out different products, going as natural as you can, as clean as you can. Drinking a ton of water is a great way to change your skin and your texture of your skin and alleviate breakouts. Make sure your diet is also nice and clean, eating a lot of fresh fruits and veggies and doing experiments on your skin, I think is probably a really helpful thing. And I've also found that maracuja oil, which Tarte sells a really good maracuja oil, helps my skin a ton with hydration, which a lot of times your skin is Issues can come from just being dehydrated. So make sure you're drinking water and you're treating your body right first. And then you can start experimenting with the right skincare routines for you. Also try to wear less makeup. When I wear too much makeup, when I'm filming like days back to back and I wear a lot of makeup for camera purposes, I tend to break out more than usual or my skin tends to get super I guess, agitated from it. So take a break. Don't be afraid of going makeup free because your skin also needs to breathe. Is it possible to use the law of attraction to manifest good great? Yes. But like I've been saying throughout this whole podcast, you also need to put the action and the intention towards it. You need to start showing up as an all A student. You need to start acting and creating the environment for an all A student. So what would a student who has really high grades, what would they do? They will study will put an effort. If they don't understand something, they will also go in and ask for help and ask for the necessary tools to be successful. They don't sit and wait for somebody else to come and help them. They go out and they do it themselves. I think it's very important to emulate those students who are really, really good and studious. I think, yes, you should be able to visualize yourself getting a good grade and being in that mindset of being an all-A student, being in that mindset of being a student that attracts good grades and also puts in the effort and that energy into being an all-A student. Because if you don't put any effort or time or intentions behind your work, if you're working like a student that hates what they do, if you're working like a student who's lazy or unmotivated, your grades are going to reflect that. So if you want your grades to reflect an all-A student, if you want your grades to go up, you need to start putting in that effort and that energy of the student that you wish to be. And also have fun learning. I think when you actually see learning as something wonderful and a privilege to be in school, then you can start being grateful for all the opportunities that you have and you won't squander one minute unless it's to do with your school and your success and your learning. Understand that you're in school to learn, not just making grades, but learning is paramount. If you are not learning, if you're not getting better through your studies, then what's the point? So you need to start looking at grades as something that is not attached to your worth. Don't think that your grades are attached to your self-worth. Look at grades as simply the output that you get from your input. It has nothing to do with your self-worth. Just think of it as the reflection of how much you're learning. So if you're having low grades, it's because you're not learning something or you haven't learned how to be disciplined. So first work on being disciplined and realize that all of this is adding up to something greater for you. Have positive intention towards it when you have to go study, when you have to go take a test. Be grateful that you get to study. Be grateful that you get to take a test. Be grateful that you have everything you need within you really to be successful. And if you're struggling in any area, don't be afraid to get help. Putting in that positive intention behind your studies, behind school, look at it as something wonderful and a privilege and you'll see how much better of a student you'll be. And make sure to focus on one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself with all the things you have to do. Take it one step at a time. 
Next question says, I remember you recommending the four agreements in one of your videos. I wanted to ask you, how do you not take anything personally when you know everything in the world is connected and that all humans and you're the same energy? How do you just avoid the negative energy when everyone is the same energy? Technically, isn't the energy inevitable? I think you misunderstood. I'm going to read a little passage from the four agreements because I always go back to this book all the time. So I want to read this paragraph to you. Nothing other people do is because of you. It is because of themselves. All people live in their own dreams. So all people have their own energy. Yes, we are connected, but all of these energies come together to be connected. That does not mean that somebody else's dream or somebody else's energy is yours. It is their own. What he means by everything being connected is that yes, we're all part of a collective consciousness. We all kind of add our energy into this big quilt that makes up our world, that makes up our quote unquote dream as he says it in the book. But that does not mean that their thoughts and what people say to you or people's opinions of you have to do with you. We are connected and yes, we can influence one another, but you also have your own world. You have your own energy that is unique to you. And he goes on saying, all people live in their own dream, in their own mind. They are in a completely different world from the one we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world and we try to impose our world on their world. So you see, people can impose energy into your life, but it's up to you and whether you will accept that and receive it into your life. And he goes on saying, even when a situation seems so personal, even if others insult you directly, it has nothing to do with you. What they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements they have in their own minds. Their point of view comes from all the programming they received during domestication, which you guys, if you haven't read this book, I highly recommend it. It really shifted my mindset and my perspective in so many ways. I honestly learned not to take things personally, not necessarily from this book, even though this book did help me a lot in realizing that and solidifying my beliefs on it. But I don't take things personally because I put myself in other people's shoes. And when people are mean or angry or say things to me or try to insult me or belittle me, and being on the internet, of course, opens me up to just a plethora of hate many times for no for absolutely no reason, because I'm not hurting anyone with my videos or the content I put out. It's literally just to help people, but people will still find an issue with whatever a person does. And what I have figured out is that when people are in low points of their life or they're sad or they feel bad about themselves, they don't want to feel bad about themselves. So they hurt others in order to feel better about themselves, or they say things about others, or they project their own insecurities or faults onto others to feel better about themselves. It's like a self-soothing defense mechanism. Like Freud said, he, I think it was seven defense mechanisms, eight defense mechanisms. I'm not exactly sure, but Freud and Don Miguel Ruiz, the author of The Four Agreements, are basically saying the same thing, that people do to others or do in their lives that is reflective of them. So if somebody's in a low point in their life, they're going to want to bring other people down because misery loves company. So when somebody is mean to me or hurts me for no reason, tries to hurt me for no reason, I try to put myself in their shoes and say, they're probably not feeling so great. They're probably going through a hard time. And that's why they feel the need to express this feeling inside of them and bring it out onto somebody that they see happy or successful or doing well in life. It has nothing to do with me, really. It's just maybe I 
brought something out in them that they just didn't like about themselves, or I made them feel some type of way about themselves or their life or their situation. And that's why they feel the need to bring me down or anyone down for that instance. So it is that idea that basically bullies bully other people because they're probably bullied at home. They're probably bullied by other people in their life. So they want to feel power over someone. So they exert their power over somebody that they think is weak or that reminds them of themselves, of a point in them or something, a trait in them that reminds them of themselves or that they see in another person. So they want to hurt that other person. And also think of it this way. When you're happy, you want other people to be happy. You don't feel like writing hate comments on somebody's picture or under a YouTube video. You feel like even defending that person from hate. You feel like spreading love. When you're in love, you love everything about love. When you're happy, you love everything about happiness. But when you're miserable, you just see the bad in everything and you don't like when people are happy, you think they're annoying or fake or whatever, because that is a reflection of what you're going through or who you are inside. Your life around you is a reflection of you guys. So when somebody comes and says something mean, it's because they are angry or upset within themselves. They have something within themselves that is causing them to be mean, that is causing them to be like that. And you are just the innocent bystander, the victim who got the brunt of all of their insecurities, of all the difficulties that are going on in their life. So that's why I don't take things personally, guys, because even if somebody knows me so well and they say, Isabel, you're this and this and that, I understand that when you love someone and you care for someone, you only want to bring them up. You don't want to bring them down. Unless you actually hurt someone and you did something really bad to them and they react in anger or sadness or contempt, then yeah, you can understand, yeah, my actions led to that. But when people that don't even know you or don't know you that well or just happen to tell you stuff or act a certain way to you and be rude to you, it's because they have something within them or within their own lives that they're upset about and they want to bring you down in their sinking ship. They want to sink your ship because their ship is sinking. They want to hold on to you and try to stay afloat so that, you know, they will be living. (laughs) So look at it that way. I just think everyone is an island. Everyone is their own little world. Everyone has their own issues and their own little things and their own insecurities. And if they want to feel better about themselves, they will often throw them onto you. So Yes, we are all connected, but understand that not everyone is mean and hateful and spiteful. Connect yourself with the good people in life, with people who are trying to be loved, who are trying to be understanding and appreciative of others instead of trying to bring them down because you don't want to be at that same energy field. (laughs) This next question is, what about anger or disgust? towards someone? How do you cope with anger, disgust towards others and anger towards yourself? Like what if you are so disgusted by the way someone treats other people? Well, that kind of goes along with what I was just talking about. Those feelings are a reflection of you. How you're feeling towards other people is a reflection of you. And you just said it here in your question that you have anger towards yourself. So what I would recommend is start working on relieving that anger. What are you angry about? What is concerning you so much that you are putting in this horrible, intense emotion towards it and allowing that emotion to overcome you to the point where you start treating others with disgust or anger or resentment or whatever. And I believe that inner peace is created. Peace is created from within and you have the power to create your joy and your peace right now. So I would recommend is that you just go more inside eternally because understand you can't control other people's actions, even by being angry at them. You're not going to stop them from doing what they're doing. They're going to continue doing it whether you're angry or not. So stop being worried about what other people are doing or how they treat other people. That's their karma. They're going to have to deal with that later on. If they're going to be an ugly, nasty person, let them. Let them bury themselves. Let them dig their own hole. 
because karma is very real and everything you put out into the universe is going to come back to you. So in the moment you start thinking anger or being angry towards somebody, just stop yourself and think, what is this doing for me? How is this going to better my life? Is just being angry at somebody or something I can't control or a situation I can't control, is that going to change it? No, it's just going to put more energy, negative energy into that and feed the flames and the fire. But if you stop and you think, this anger is not helping me, it's not serving me, it's not changing this other person, it's only hurting me. It's like drinking poison and expecting that person to die. It's not helping you, honey. It's hurting you. So what you need to do is let go of that anger. When you start to feel anger, ask yourself, what is this doing for me? Why am I feeling this? What is the point of this? There is no point to anger. Yes, it's a natural human emotion, but also it's a very negative place to be. So when you start letting go of control and accepting that you can't change others or the things other people do, that you are in control only of yourself and your mind and your emotions and your life, and you let go of control, and accept things for what they are, and accept that there are going to be nasty, ugly people in this world, but you don't have to be part of them. You don't have to be part of this dream, like Don Miguel Ruiz said in The Four Agreements. You choose the dream that you want to be a part of. So choose to be a part of love, and joy, and acceptance of others, and choosing to try to understand why other people do what they do, instead of judging them outright. Try to put yourself in other people's shoes, and realize that maybe they do things because they're scared, or they're insecure, or they have their own issues. Try to put yourself in other people's shoes, and also put yourself in a place where you can look at yourself without judgment. Don't look at yourself or anyone else with judgment, except that you're going to be human and you are going to make mistakes and you are going to mess things up and you're going to fail or people are going to hurt you or harm you. Accept it. Letting go and accepting that life is just going to be the way it is sometimes. And what has helped me is releasing control, releasing control of others, of other people's actions and understanding that I am an autonomous being. I have complete control over myself and my life is between me and God, nobody else. So if I'm at peace with myself and with God and I focus at being at peace with myself overall, that's all that matters. So find a healthy outlet for your anger, for your frustration, for whatever you feel and understand that we can't control everything. All that we have control of is ourselves. And if you see a lot of injustice, bad stuff happening to other people, other people harming others, hurting others, killing others, be the exception. Be the force of power and good in this world because you can change a lot in this world just by being a positive, loving, happy, giving, honest person. You can do so much for the collective consciousness of this planet by just being a good person. So don't allow your external circumstances or the world around you to dictate who you are. Instead, be the exception. Be the energy that changes the energy in the room. If the room you walk into is negative and full of negative people, be the positive energy. Be the positive force. Don't succumb to anger because it's only going to bring more frustrating things into your life. And understand that the universe goes around putting 
I guess filling holes, filling gaps. If it sees lack or sees somebody like such as yourself going through anger, going through resentment, whatever, it's going to give you more and more and more and more experiences that are going to bring that anger out in you until you learn to control it. And until you become aware that it's a problem for you, until you learn to overcome it, the universe will keep testing you and testing you and testing you and testing you. So stop judging other people and instead see what you can do to better the situation. Don't try to control or judge anyone else. What can you do as an autonomous human being to change how you're feeling and how things are going on in the world around you? Next question. I see other YouTube videos about scripting, using the law of attraction. My question is, what tips do you have for scripting? Now, I have, I think, about two or three videos on my channel about scripting. So please go to youtube.com forward slash Isabel Palacios to see my scripting videos, my entire scripting routine. It's all on my channel. If you guys just know me from the podcast, yes, I have a YouTube channel and a lot of the things that you guys ask me about are already in videos on my channel. So go check it out. We're already an hour in, in the podcast and I haven't even gone through half of these questions. So I'm going to read some of these, more of these. These are a lot of very thought provoking, deep questions. So thank you guys for asking these. I wish I could answer all of them, but I would literally be here for another 10 hours if I answered all of these. So Let's go on to some questions that aren't repetitive, some questions that I haven't gotten to yet. Next question. For some reason, I'm having a really hard time feeling worthy of some of my dreams. Is it okay to want superficial things like material items? To answer that question, yes, it's absolutely fine. It's part of living life. Life is not about suffering and just working. It's about enjoyment too. And if material things give you happiness and enjoyment, even for a little bit, of course, don't expect those things to give you lasting enjoyment. But if you enjoy them and you work hard to buy the things that you want, go ahead, treat yourself, girl. Next question of the same question. She says, ultimately, most of my dreams include wanting to help others and add value to others as much as possible. That is good, but I get really caught up in feeling worthy of material things. Like somehow it's a misuse of manifesting. It's just normal. It's absolutely normal to want material things. It's absolutely normal to want beautiful things in your life and also trophies of your hard work. It's fine. Don't feel like you have to be Mother Teresa. Don't feel like you're not worthy of having abundance and living in abundance. And of course, everyone has different goals and dreams. And if part of your goals and dreams is having a nice house with some nice handbags and a nice car and having your nails done, girl, there is absolutely no shame in that. Not all of us. I mean, I'm a very low maintenance person. I don't really spend on luxury items, first of all, because a lot of luxury items aren't even vegan. I'm a person, I like to be more simple. I like to keep my life simple. I don't do my nails every week. I'm just like not a high maintenance person, but I am investing in other areas of my life that to other women are not interesting or materialistic, quote unquote, but they could be considered materialistic to some people. Like I love to travel and I love to spend money on traveling and I like to take vacations. Does that make me a bad person? No, because we all have wants and needs. And what's the point of manifesting if you're not manifesting beautiful things in your life? And if you feel good, if it makes you feel good, manifest it. Don't have any, any type of guilt in doing that. It's absolutely okay. This other question is really important, which I'm seeing a general theme here with these questions. A lot of them, the answer, like the short answer to these questions is work on your subconscious limiting beliefs. Like this question, how to stop sabotaging your relationships because you believe you are not worthy of happiness. That's a subconscious limiting belief. Somebody or an experience you went through, maybe a past relationship you went through made you believe that you are not worthy of happiness. 
somebody guilted you in thinking, or you put that in your own head that you're not worthy of happiness. So start asking yourself, why do you think that? Who told you this? Who told you that you are not worthy of being happy? Everyone's worthy of being happy. As long as they're a good person, they're not meaning to harm anyone else. Everyone's worthy of it. But in order to have happiness in your life, you need to give it to yourself first and allow yourself to have happiness and be grateful for the moments of happiness. But work on your subconscious limiting beliefs because you are worthy of love. You are worthy of care and respect, but you need to give it to yourself first. And believing is the first step. Believing you are worthy of these things is the first step. So start working on your subconscious limiting beliefs. Start digging past all these things, all this rubble in your mind, in your head, and get to the root of the issue. And that might be something that you went through in your life, a traumatic experience or a bad partner or your parents or whoever. Somebody told you this and you need to start telling yourself what they told me is not true. This is not true. These lies are not true because that's what they are. They're lies. I am worthy of happiness. Tell yourself every day, I am worthy of happiness, love, respect, joy, and peace. And start showing up as that person worthy of happiness, joy, and peace. And know that right now in your state as you are right now, you are worthy of it. You don't have to be anyone else or do anything else. Just start believing that you're worthy of it. This is a really good question. How would you break a cycle of loving someone because they were there for you at a point you needed them, but now all they do is mentally mess with your emotions? This is an amazing question. Because I feel like we feel guilted. If somebody was there during a tough point in our life, we feel guilted in staying with them because we think that it's being unappreciative or hurting that person because they were able to lend us money or they were able to do something for us or they stayed with us. But now they're treating you like crap. Now they're hurting you more than helping you. And you need to understand that you now need to be the person to stand with you. You need to stand up for yourself because this person, they fulfilled what they needed to fulfill in that time and period of your life. But now they're no longer fulfilling your life. Now they're just adding negativity and grief into your life and making you feel bad. I think you need to stand up and decide that enough is enough, that even if somebody was good and nice to you in the past, they're no longer that person that they were in the past, or they've changed in some kind of way, or they're doing something to hurt you, and they are no longer worthy of being in your life. Don't ever let anyone emotionally manipulate you into staying with you. Whether they tell you you're not worthy of love, that no one's ever going to love you more than I did, or I stayed with you when nobody was with you, or I gave you this, or I did this for you. If people throw things they did for you in your face, that is a very that's a huge sign of manipulation emotional manipulation, emotional abuse. You should not stand for that. I don't care who you are. I don't care who that person is. I don't care what they look like. I don't care about how much money they have or what they did for you in the past. If they're no longer that same person and now they're just straight up hurting you, you deserve better. You shouldn't put up with that, especially if it's hurting you emotionally. That is an emotionally abusive relationship and nobody should have to put up with that. You have to decide who do I love more? myself and my well-being or this person who is actively trying to hurt me. You need to gather up your pride and the strength that you have to leave because they probably won't ever change. They'll probably just continue breaking you down, breaking you down, breaking you down until they leave you. So please understand that you are worth so much more and you are worthy of so much more. And the way you can break the cycle is by accepting and acknowledging that you deserve better and giving yourself what you think you deserve.
you have to actually gather up all your things, gather up the courage and the muscle to get up and say, I'm leaving you. I'm sorry. And move on with your life. I promise you they will be fine. They will get through this and so will you. But you have to understand, am I living my life for someone else because I don't want to hurt someone else? Am I just living this life? Am I just doing this because I don't want somebody to think bad of me or somebody to think I'm ungrateful or unappreciative? And you have to decide how important is your mental health and your mental well-being and the love that you feel for yourself. You have to prioritize and decide, is this relationship more important than my mental health, which no relationship is. I have three really great questions that I'm going to get to. So these are going to be my final three. If I didn't get to your question, please don't worry. If you'd like me to answer it or it's very important, please send me a DM through Instagram on the taking back your power Instagram, and I will answer any questions that I didn't get to. So this first one is a question that I really feel compelled to answer. And I feel like a lot of people have struggled with this. So here we go. First, I'd like to say I'm a big fan and watch all of your content and listen to your podcast. Thank you so much. Not sure if this question is a bit controversial, but how does your faith, religion, and belief in God interplay with your law of attraction belief? I was born and raised Roman Catholic. Me too. And I've been getting into law of attraction. However, there is some controversy with believing in us, having control of our future, and Christians belief that God is in control. I was also getting into numerology also. And after talking to my Christian friend, we discussed how a lot of the law of attraction beliefs are part of a new age philosophy and are not directly consistent with the gospel. I am exploring my spirituality and I'm very interested in the law of attraction as it's helped my confidence and given me a clear head, but I do find this disconnect. Thank you for your time. And again, I love all your content. Thank you. If you guys follow me on my personal Instagram, I posted probably a couple of weeks ago how somebody commented on my video saying that the law of attraction was demonic and it was the devil and this and that, and it was evil. And there was a time, guys, I'm not going to lie. There was a time earlier on in my experience where I was like, wait, is this demonic? Is this evil? Is this like the devil's work? I was literally, and as a Catholic, you know, we have this Catholic guilt where we can't do anything against this or we have to go to confession. And, and I do follow a lot of Catholic teachings and I am a believer in Christ. And I know that that is very, very, very controversial to some of you. And some of you might be like, how is that possible? How can you be Christian and believe in the law of attraction? And the way I see it is, even though I do have a lot of and I'm talking from my own experience. So to the person who asked this question, it might resonate you, it might not, but I just want to tell you how I feel. I don't believe the world is black and white. I don't believe that one person's religion is more right or more aligned or more godly or more, I guess, holy or righteous than anyone else's. And I know if you're a Christian, we were taught that Christianity is the main way to get to heaven. Believing in Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, just as Muslims will believe that following the Quran and believing in Allah will get you to heaven or doing something else will get you to heaven. And there's always this idea that getting to heaven, you have to do this, you have to do that. But fundamentally, if you look at all of these religions, if you look at all these spiritualities, it's all very connected. It's all very similar. If you could research, and I might even make a video on this, if you research how Christianity and Buddhism, how the Buddha and Jesus had very similar teachings, how these spiritualities and religions, because Buddhism is not a religion, it's a way of life, it's a spirituality, how these are all very, very, very similar. That at their core, if you get rid of all the other stuff that have 
been coming up throughout the years, if you just see Jesus's teaching compared to Buddha's teaching at its core in the stories behind Jesus and Buddha, they're very, very similar. If you start looking at different spiritualities and beliefs, like the law of attraction, like Buddhism, like Christianity, like Islam, like Judaism, if you start seeing all these things as something connected and understand that all of these religions and spiritualities are basically geographically from different areas, from different people and places and environments. Christianity started in a much different place than Buddhism or Hinduism started. And the reason why a lot of these religions were able to spread or pick up popularity in the areas that they were in or in areas where it was taken is either through the sword, through war, or because it resonated most with the people in that particular area where it started or where it spread. Now I could talk a ton on theology, on the spreading of religions. A good book that I have never recommended is called Guns, Germs, and Steel. That book helped me realize why different cultures and societies grew and why other societies or other empires fell or were colonized or were destroyed or killed off by people with more weapons, with more abilities in them. It's not necessarily because one of them is right or the other one is wrong, but because of literally human geography, where they were, how they were able to cultivate weapons over another region in the world, how the Western world was able to control the Eastern world or able to come to the new world, which is the Americas and colonize and destroy and kill and gain power over these indigenous cultures, which these indigenous cultures, they also had their own spirituality. They also had their own religion, their own practices. And I find that a lot of those practices of the indigenous of the native people is not wrong. It's not unholy. They had their own way of connecting to the earth, of connecting to the universe, of connecting to source, of connecting to God than the Western people did, than the Christians did, than the Muslims did, or the Hindus. They had their own spirituality because that is what helped them get most connected to God and the creator and the universe. It does not mean that they were wrong. Just because they burnt sage in their rituals does not mean that they were demonic. These people in these indigenous societies in North America and Central America and South America, these people had their own way of worshiping, but it does not make them evil just because it's different from your own. I truly believe, I know I went off on a huge tangent. But going back to the fundamental question, I believe that the law of attraction is found in every single one of these spiritual practices. Yes, you can look down on new age beliefs and say, oh, it's wrong, this and that. You're trying to find meaning. These people are lost. They're stones and their crystals and their sage and whatever. But understand that a lot of people who are drawn to the law of attraction tend to have a more open mind about the universe as a whole. And also understanding that the law of attraction is found in the gospel. It's found in the Bible. The law of attraction is very real and open in every single spirituality that you could look for. And there have been people who have come to me and said, Isabel, I'm Muslim and there's nothing demonic about the law of attraction. In the Quran, it says this and this and this. And it got me to thinking, we're all more connected than we know. The reason the law of attraction can be so controversial to traditional Christians or anyone else from a traditional religion is because the law of attraction for many years was hidden away from people. It was only kept for people who were in higher positions of power, who had a lot of money and power and wealth. 
Those people knew about the law of attraction and they practiced it, but they didn't want anyone else, the little people to know what the law of attraction was, because then those little people will gain power over their own lives and they can no longer be serfs or servants or slaves to these rich people, which there was a lot of income inequality in our world just a century ago. For these people trying to exploit the poor people or people like the colonizers came over to the new world, they used religion to instill fear and keep people in line and in check. Is that very Christian? Is that very Jesus-like? To forcibly make people believe a certain way? No. To use religion to instill fear in others? No. Jesus wanted people to be love. Jesus taught love. And loving others, even if they don't think like you or look like you, even if they're a sinner, a thief, a liar, a prostitute. Jesus said to love thy neighbor, not love thy neighbor only if they think like you, or only if they worship like you, or only if they think in Christ like you, or they go to the same church as you. No, he just said, love thy neighbor. And what does the law of attraction teach? Love, love and gratitude. The Bible says the same thing. Be grateful to God. Show God that you are grateful for all the blessings that he's given to you. Show love and appreciation and gratitude to those around you. And I think that fundamental message of Christ has been clouded over the years by people trying to control others and still fear in others, using the word of Christ as a means to control and hurt and dominate and put others in fear, which is completely wrong. If you think about it, no religion is perfect. No religion has everything figured out because there's so many things that we don't know. And I think that God in and of itself is just so vast and so big. And the idea of God in the universe is something that our human minds, our conscious minds, is they're not capable of grasping so many things in the universe, why certain things happen. We don't even really know how life after death is going to be. Yes, there's a Christian way of seeing things. There's a Buddhist way of seeing things. There's a Hindu way of seeing things, reincarnation, whatever. But what I think is that whatever your beliefs or however you were raised, don't ever lose sight of one fundamental thing, and that is love and gratitude. No matter what you practice, no matter how you choose to practice, no matter if you're atheist, A beautiful way of living life is just through love and gratitude because that is what will ultimately come back into your life. I truly believe that we can learn from all spiritualities and all different religions. And if somebody chooses to see what they find in different religions that resonate with them and make them a better person, why judge them for that? There's nothing wrong in that. If somebody chooses to use the Bible to make them a better person and it is making them a more open and loving and accepting person, allow them to do that. They're not doing you any harm. If the law of attraction is helping you become a better person and understanding that what energy you give out is what you will get back, which is basic karma, which is basically what every single religion and spirituality teaches, what you give out is what you will get back, then that's fine too. But trying to see that we're all more connected than you know, that the gospel has a lot more in common with the Quran than you think, that the law of attraction is in all of these spiritualities, and there's nothing wrong. I use the term God and the universe interchangeably because I know not everyone chooses to identify God as God because we don't really know what God is like. Different spiritualities and different religions tell us God is one way, or God is this way, or God is loving and benevolent, or God is omnipotent, or God is vengeful, like in the Old Testament. So my advice to you, if you're feeling a little 
confused or lost with trying to see how law of attraction will fit into your own religious practices or your spiritualities, I would say just keep an open mind and find what works for you. And don't think that you have to be satisfied with the answers that are already given to you. You can go out and seek your own answers. And also be aware of who you are and your identity. And also, very important, is your heritage. And what has helped me a lot in saying, oh, well, why am I being led to be more in touch with the earth and finding God in nature rather than in a church or rather in the confines of my religion, which is Roman Catholicism? And it's because I'm aware that in my DNA, I have indigenous DNA from many years back. And because I'm Latin American and, you know, that happened a lot, a lot of intermarriage between Europeans and indigenous cultures. (laughs) I say marriage because it really wasn't marriage, but you guys get the idea. My ancestors, I have indigenous blood somewhere down the line. And if I feel called towards the earth, if I feel called towards the animals and appreciating the earth and appreciating and finding my spirituality in the earth and appreciating mother nature and finding God in nature and respecting nature, because I believe that is the direct portal to God in the universe. If I feel called to that, it's because something within me is calling me towards it. It's not evil. It's not the demons. It's not these bad spirits trying to bring me down. It's because maybe there's something in my blood, just in my DNA, calling me towards these things. Because yes, my ancestors were probably Roman Catholic. I probably had Jewish ancestors. And if my way of connecting to that is by going into the law of attraction, going into the earth, into saging, even though that's so basic, everyone gets into saging. But if I find that something resonates with me and I'm called towards it, I'm not going to be fearful of it. I'm going to go towards it and see maybe this is something for me. Maybe I need to delve deeper into this. Don't allow fear to keep you in a social construct that does not work for you. Because there are people who go to church every day and they read the Bible and they're horrible human beings. I know that's not going to sit well with some people, but I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen people go to church every single Sunday and still come home and treat their loved ones like crap. I'm not saying all Christians are like that by any means because I know some wonderful, amazing Christians that are very, very devout and they are very great, loving people. And I envy them for this immense amount of love that they have within them. And that's beautiful and that's fine. I'm happy they are becoming good people and they are cultivating a mindset of love through their religion, through their spirituality. All I want is for people to be happy and to be love and to bring in the positive energy and acceptance of others. And whichever way you may find leads you to that, I think you should be content and you should understand that there are things that we will never understand. There are things that we can't even grasp with our human consciousness. There are things bigger than us out there that we can't even begin to comprehend. And allowing that to excite you and to relax you at the same time, that there are things beyond our control. There are things that are working with us. And I truly believe I've always felt all my life that I was being guided by someone, whether that's an angel, whether it's God, whether it's Jesus, whether it's the universe, whether whatever it is, I've always felt that presence, which is why I've never lost faith in God. I've never lost faith in that there is something bigger than me because there have been times in my life, guys, where I was like, how the heck am I still alive? (laughs) And I realized there is something bigger than me out there and it's guiding me. And it's that presence that makes me feel like I shouldn't be living in fear. I should instead be living in love. And fear causes people to do really horrible things. 
So stop living in fear and start living your life in love and gratitude. And you'll see that everything will start to make sense. Even if you don't see the first step in faith, like Martin Luther King said, just take the first step and then the whole staircase will become illuminated. All right. Second to last question. I already mentioned this, but I'm having a hard time focusing on my goals when I'm in a relationship and I basically love them more than I love myself. I don't know how to deal with jealousy and insecurity when his career choice is being surrounded by girls as a music producer. I just don't know who I am and without him is even worse. I feel completely useless and without self-love. Well, you are not useless, my love. You are whole and complete on your own. What you need to start doing is start creating a life for yourself. Start creating a life separate from him. He has his own life. He has his music producer career. He has his whole life separate from you. I'm pretty sure that he's not feeling that with you. He's not feeling incomplete without you. I think that whenever you grow separately but together, that is how you have a very fulfilling relationship. When you each have your own goals, dreams, your own projects going on that isn't connected to your partner, I think that's very healthy because when you're in a relationship, and I've dealt with this, where you start kind of letting go of your things and your life and your hobbies and your passions to put passion and love into a person, which is a beautiful thing and it's normal. But if you're feeling insecure and jealous, it's because there is something of fear. You are living and looking at your relationship in fear and you're also in fear of yourself. Understand that you were a whole autonomous individual before you got into this relationship. So you need to look at that. What were you doing before you got into this relationship? What changed? What caused you to change? Why do you feel that you have to give up your entire life for this person who isn't doing that for you? And I understand you love them and you're pouring your love into them because, and your time because you're showing them appreciation and you're showing them you care, but also you have to let go of control. You only have power over yourself and your actions and your thoughts and your feelings. You have complete power over yourself. You don't have power over him. So whether he cheats or he wants to do something with another girl or another girl flirts with him, you can't control that. But you have to learn to see what you'll accept out of somebody. Will you be okay in a relationship with a music producer who you know is going to be traveling a lot, is going to be doing a lot of things, and you're not always going to be there, you're not always going to be around him? Are you okay with that kind of relationship? Ask yourself that. That's up to you. I can't tell you. Anyone can't tell you whether you should or not. It's only what feels good to you. And then start seeing what can you do to have your own life separate from this relationship, to feel fulfilled on your own. Understand that another person can't fill the hole in your heart, that you must fill yourself with yourself. So start showing yourself the love and appreciation you deserve. Try to see, maybe I have to make a tough decision. Like I said before, your mental health shouldn't come before anyone else's relationship, even the one that you have with your significant other. Your love for yourself is paramount to all those things. And if you are lacking and you are giving too much and not receiving anything in return, you will only be drained, my love. You will only be hurt in the long run. I promise you, you might feel worthless without them. And that's because you have emotionally invested so much of yourself and your mental health into this relationship, or you have put yourself and your mental health on the back burner and you haven't been taking care of yourself. So start taking care of yourself, doing things that bring you joy and fulfillment without them, hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, doing your own projects, starting something new, getting out of your comfort zone, just breaking out of that and loving, loving 
in freedom, not trying to control or stop anyone else from doing anything or stop you or allowing anyone to stop you from doing anything. Don't be the only thing in your way either. You need to become self-aware, get into your strengths and weaknesses. Know that you are whole and complete on your own. I can't stress that enough. A man does not give you value. Only you decide your value and you can add value to somebody else's life, but you can't control their value just as they can't control your value. And the last question, it's a little bit more lighthearted, not so deep as some of these other things that I've been talking about here. But this question is, what are your specific standards for dating? Well, I do have very high standards and I don't feel ashamed about that because when you choose a partner, you choose a life partner, you marry someone, you are choosing somebody who will fundamentally and radically influence and change your life. And whoever you sleep with, I think you have a, I actually just saw a quote on Instagram. Let me try to see if I can find it again, because it's so true to what I feel myself about dating, about sex and about, you know, just meeting new people and things like that relationships. Oh my goodness. I think I just lost it. Let me see who posted it. I think I remember who posted it. Here it is. Spoon of Consciousness on Instagram. He posted this. He's awesome. If you guys check him out, he has so much amazing content, both on his Instagram and on YouTube. He posted, when it comes to sex, remember that it is an energetic exchange between two souls. Be mindful of who you exchange with, as some people have toxic energy you wouldn't consciously choose to take on if you could see it. So what I look for in a partner is somebody who has qualities that I lack and I wish to have. When I see somebody who is organized and very positive and go-getter and somebody who, because as a Pisces, I tend to get into like moods and sometimes my inspiration dwindles and sometimes I'm not super motivated to do things. I totally admit to that and it's something that I'm working on. So what I would look for in somebody is somebody who is very hardworking, somebody who has their goal set, who's positive, who's more lighthearted than me because I tend to be a little bit dramatic. (laughs) So somebody who can balance me out is really what is best for me. Somebody who will add balance and add value to my life and somebody that I can also add value and be a positive influence on. So also something important to keep in mind is that energy exchange doesn't just happen through sex. It's also through being around a person every single day. And when you're in a relationship with somebody, you're around them all the time. You sleep next to them, most likely. You share a lot of your time and your emotions and your energy with this person. So you have to make sure that this person is somebody who's fulfilling you and also somebody that you can fulfill their own life with. You can enrich their life. You can make them better in some kind of way. I think that's very important is that your partner should give you value while you also can add value to their own life. But not in the sense that you need them to complete you or you need them to feel whole and loved and sufficient enough as a human being, but just somebody who kind of, I guess like a gardener who will tend to you, to your wildflowers, somebody who will love you and appreciate you the way you are or love me and appreciate me the way I am, caring for me, but not trying to fundamentally change or uproot me, if that makes sense. Somebody who will admire me for who I am and help me grow and flourish even more, but will not cut me down. I think that's very important. That is key. All right, guys. So that's it for today's Q&A. We are at an hour and a half. If you have stayed with me this entire time and you've been listening, thank you so very much. I appreciate you so very much to anybody who's listening. 
And also to the people who have supported this podcast, who have sent me positive comments and messages and told me that you resonate with my content. That means the world to me. So thank you so much. You make all of this time and effort that I put into this so, so, so very worth it. So thank you. I love you guys so very much. Don't forget to check me out on social media. Follow Taking Back Your Power on Instagram at Taking Back Your Power. That is where we can connect and send any messages or anything of any questions I did not answer through this podcast and just to talk. And you can also follow me on my personal Instagram and also my YouTube channel. It's called Isabel Palacios. And that way we can keep inspiring each other and connect. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode, sending you all my love and positive vibes. And always remember, no matter who you may be in this life, no matter what you may be going through, what you've been through or what you look like or where you're from or where you were born, your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. I love you guys. And don't forget to tune in to next week's episode of Taking Back Your Power. Bye-bye.